1: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour two. Greetings, America. It is Eric Erickson live from Las Vegas, Nevada, our affiliate here at KXNT in Las Vegas. Thanks for having us here in studio today, getting us to set up to the team here, going to the Raiders Packers game tonight for Monday Night Football. Uh, I'm going to be out tomorrow. i to get back to Atlanta tomorrow. Jeff Katz will be in for me. Uh, so I will talk to you again on Wednesday after today. Now, uh, I need you all to text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777 to get the show notes so you can see the article from the Biden administration from 2021 acknowledging they could not stop Hamas from using funds for arms, and they were going to give the money anyway, even though they couldn't stop. It's one of the things that led to today. Now, I want to take your phone calls, 877-973-7425, but I need to talk to you first. I I've, I tried to spend the first hour giving you a lot of the facts of what had happened and now I just, I need to talk to you from a worldview perspective. We have three paths those of us on the right can go. We can go the path of the world police force, spread democracy around the world, go back to that mistaken worldview there are some cultures that are not going to embrace american-style democracy i think we should have learned that lesson now in among other places iraq there is the worldview that we can stay home we can retreat from the world stage let everybody else have at it we don't have enough money to take care of ourselves we certainly can't take care of the rest of the world uh, we, we, we can't send our armies and navies and marines where we need to go. So let's just sit it out, secure our border and stay home. That That is a growing trend on the right. I hope when the madness calms that is flowing through the right right now, we will be able to realize that in the real world, if we're surrounded by realists, There are those who are our allies who need our help and causes that are just, that does not mean we are the world police force, but sometimes we have to engage to deter the enemy and there are enemies, China, Russia, Iran, they are enemies. It was notable to me how many of the loud voices against funding Ukraine said we can't fund Ukraine because we have to secure the border. Suddenly, they're like, we we got to do everything we can to help Israel. What about the border? I I thought we couldn't help anybody because we can't secure the border. we got to secure the border. But suddenly, it's amazing how the people who don't want to help Ukraine really come up with any excuse to avoid helping Ukraine. But then when something else happens, they're like, oh, well, I like Israel. I want to help Israel. What happened to your intellectual consistency here? Or you could recognize that this is all part of an integrated situation, and I need you to listen to me now. Listen, listen, seriously. Over the last several months, over the last several months, in the Suhail, which is the Western Africa region and, and stretching across the, S- the Sahara Desert, there have been a series of coups funded by Russian mercenaries, the Wagner Group, Gabon, Niger, Mali, Sudan, Somalia. What they're doing, the Wagner Group, what they're doing is providing arms to rebel coup leaders, ...who are launching coups with the Russian arms and destabilizing areas that the United States and Western forces had worked very hard to stabilize to fight ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and Boko Haram. The Islamic radical groups that have set up shop across Africa. The Russians don't care who wins the fight. They care about destabilizing the region and giving a foothold to the Islamic radicals so that the United States has to divert resources from elsewhere to the Sahel. At the same time, it's the Iranians who are helping supply the Wagner groups with the armaments used in the coups. In Ukraine, China and Iran are providing arms and money to Russia to invade Ukraine, to take over territory, to obstruct the world's wheat supply. Russia, to a degree, is disrupting West Africa, so the United States has to redeploy from Ukraine to West Africa. Concurrent to this now, China has been paying Iran money for oil. We've allowed to go through the Straits of Hormuz. Iran has been taking that capital and converting it to a supply of weapons for Russia and Hamas. And now Hamas is destabilizing Israel. Iran is trying to get Hezbollah, which resides in Lebanon, to come down from the north and force Israel into a two-front war. That will draw American resources already. Naval forces of the United States have been redeployed to help Israel. In the South China Sea, the Chinese are expanding and disrupting our relationships and our territorial uh, issues with Australia, Indonesia, Vietnam, and the Philippines. China has been setting up barriers in the South China Sea to make ship travel impossible for non-Chinese vessels. They've been setting up barriers to deprive the Philippines of historic Filipino fishing grounds. They've set up barriers near Vietnam to deprive the Vietnamese of native territorial fishing waters for the Vietnamese. They've disrupted shipping lanes for Australia, Singapore, Malaysia, they're trying to force an American retreat from the South China Sea, which the Biden administration has obliged them with. They're ever advancing and ever encroaching on the territorial waters of the United States and Micronesia, the Marshall Islands, Guam. All of these things are happening concurrently. The simplistic view is, well, we can't be the world's policeman. We, we can't engage, we don't have the money, we got to secure the border. The simplistic view ignores the interrelated components to what's happening on the world stage right now. The simplistic view ignores the fact that Iran, China, and Russia are working in tandem with other countries as well. They're working in tandem to destabilize what we stabilized in Africa to force us to recommit resources there. They're working in tandem to destabilize the South China Sea to force us to reprioritize our military assets. They're working in tandem in Ukraine as well. They're working in tandem in all of these places. And if they're working in tandem in those places, what do you want to bet they're working in tandem with the narco cartels at an unsecured border of the United States? This White House would wring its hands of white nationalists who might disrupt American power supply. What about the embedded sleeper cells already here in the country who crossed over the American border from Mexico or from Canada and are quietly bunkered down waiting for the signal to attack here? It's very possible. It's very possible. This administration can't get real about the border. Sadly, too many people on the right are so fixated on the border, they can't see the inter- integrated, interconnected portions of what's actually going on in the world. This has nothing to do with being the, American poli- the, the, the world police force. This has nothing to do with the United States invading countries and propping up democracies. This has everything to do with the protection of the free people of the West, of which the United States leads. We are literally the leader of the free world. And there are many on the right and the left who wish us to give it up and go back to sleep. After World War II, we woke up and we engaged and there are a lot of people who want us to disengage who say, oh, the world is too big and complex for the United States and we don't have the money. And the problem is, in fact, we're increasingly unable to fund the things we need to fund because of a bipartisan coalition of big spenders. The world is destabilizing before our eyes. The world careens towards a third world war. The United States has the power to stand and stop it. And too many ideologically supposedly opposed people on the left and the right want us to not engage, want us to sit back. Want us to let the world further destabilize. Your children will go to war and die for this country if you allow this country to sit back and do nothing. Your children will be called up and forced to fight a war that you don't want because you want the world to be left alone and have the United States sit back. You gotta make a choice here, people. We do not have to be the world's police force. But if we do not stand up for what's right in the world and stand up for the free people of the world, we will allow the Chinese, the Russians and the Iranians and their axis of evil to take over parts of the world and rule the roost. And it will be used to our disadvantage. And at some point we will be forced to fight. So do we fight smart by funding the free peoples of the world and allowing them to fight so we don't have to? Or do we sit back and wait until it descends so far and destabilizes so much that the only thing we can do is either surrender to evil or fight it? The choice is ours, the choice is yours, and so many people on the right are exhausted, and I understand the exhaustion. I do understand it, I do understand it, I do understand the concerns. I do understand though that all of this is integrated, and so many people have been trained by TV, by the talking heads to have such a simplistic view of the world right now. It is a complex and dangerous world, and there is an alliance forming before our very eyes of people who have interests diametrically opposed to ours and And we can either engage to stop it and turn the tide against it and make it recede or we can wait for them to become so strong that they force us into a fight of their choosing. I don't think we have the option to stay on the sidelines. And I think if you're screaming about being the policeman of the world, you are being too simplistic in your thinking we live in a complex world of interrelated parties. That's not globalism, that's reality and real talk. We have allies who need our help. We still have the capacity to provide that help. And if we do not provide that help, it will embolden our enemies who are their enemies, who will spread And many of those who have relied on the United States as the leader of the free world are going to look at us and say they're not helping us anymore. We're probably going to need to come to terms with the evil and this axis of China and Iran and Russia. Before our very eyes, we are watching an evil alliance take shape, and it is evil and ruthless and murderous and hates us. We have to be smart, we have to be wise as a serpent, we have to be shrewd, but we also cannot afford to sit back. We cannot afford to disengage, we cannot afford to give in to the exhaustive, tired call of isolation. Evil is on the march, people, evil is on the march. And there's only one country on the planet capable of rallying the free peoples of the world against that evil, and it is us, and we must make that choice. Evil will come for us, just as it did on 9-11 when the Clinton administration had decided to sit back and try to disengage and rethink the world alliances and the world stage and the operations of the world Evil will come for us again, and it will come at a time of its choosing if we let it. The only way to stop it is not to be the world's policeman, but to recognize there are people and there are countries in need who are on our side, who need our help. And there are countries who wish to engage us in a method of their choosing and for us to be smart enough to engage on our terms around the world to stop that evil malignancy from festering. It's our choice. We'll be back. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint. You want an HR manager. You don't want to be the bad guy with your employees. Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat they do onboardings, terminations, they help your team members get to peak performance and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're US-based. They you got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team coming up at the bottom of the hour I'm going to start taking your phone calls 877-973-7425 be with me I, I am remote so I'm I'm doing my best I'm from Las uh, in Las Vegas going live I can see the calls um so just give me till the bottom of the hour I will get your phone calls I'll prioritize those then this is kind of a short segment I've only got about a minute here um while I have this minute though I I am deadly serious on the issue of the southern border I mentioned to you that that, um, there are documented reports of Chinese nationals coming in from the Bahamas on high-speed boats, jumping, uh, making it to shore before Border Patrol can catch them, and fleeing off in Florida. This has been documented. Uh, Some of them were captured, some of them not. We know they bought boats from the Bahamas. We can trace the funding. They're from China. We know that we found Afghan nationals and people on terror watch lists coming across the border. Uh, If we caught those, we know we're getting like 50,000 gotaways a month. So how many are here setting up shop waiting for a signal to attack? And I don't mean to scare you. I don't mean to be uh, hyperbolic, but it is as easily foreseeable as it is to give money to Iran and have them fund terror regimes. This is a national security issue. It is notable that the same Democrats that are attacking Israel – and defending Hamas and giving pro-Hamas talking points are the same Democrats who refuse to secure the southern border. It is not a coincidence that the same Democrats who turn a blind eye to our national security of the southern border do not like Israel. They do not like the defense of the West. It is not a coincidence at all. We should be securing our southern border as a matter of national security. Look at how Hamas came through holes in Israel's fence and killed so many. We don't want that to happen here, and I'm afraid Joe Biden and the left are setting us up for something. His body count keeps growing. Awful. Now, i got to tell you, I mentioned I'm in Las Vegas. I told you I was taking my Eden Peer Thunderstorm with me, and I'm glad I did because— my hotel room, well, it's Las Vegas. They sometimes reek. Thankfully, I'm in a nice hotel, but someone in an adjoining room, I tried not to get those here, but I did, and clearly they were smoking something, and I was able to use the Eden Pure Thunderstorm to clean up my room. They really do work that well. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm, I can travel. It fits in my travel bag. It's small. I can plug it into the wall. It packs a wall up. It just cleans the air. It simply works, and you can get three of them for less than $200. All you have to do is go to EdenPureDeals.com. You put in the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, on the front page of the site. You can get three EdenPure thunderstorms for less than $200. You get free shipping. You're saving $200. You get one for upstairs, for downstairs, for your basement, for your travel bag like I do. It has been a lifesaver for me here. Thankfully, those people have checked out of their room. You can get Eden Pure's Thunderstorm, three of them, for less than $200, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Happy to be with you from here. I do have the power to take phone calls and am going to do that right now. I'm going to start with Heather, who's been waiting very patiently. Heather, welcome to The Eric Erickson Show.
2: Hi, Eric. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, it was interesting in, in one of your prior segments, you were talking about spiraling in, towards World War III. It's my comment that has to do with the beginnings of World War II. Um, and it just um, strikes me that you know we have our president of the United States, who's arguably the, the most powerful man in the free world. And we can directly compare him to Neville Chamberlain um, at the start of World War II. And his his, you know, wanting to just appease fanatics, and you can't. Um, for some reason, he is doomed to repeat history. Um, trying to give, you know, giving all of this money to Iran and to the Palestinian Authority, it's and trying to appease them, and it's not going to work.
1: Yeah, you know, that it's such a good point that you're making, Heather, and in particular, I think that. Uh, people forget, uh, they forget history, and history doesn't really repeat itself, but history certainly rhymes and has yeah. rhythms and yeah. patterns, and it, when you begin to appease evil, you, you're you going to embolden it, um, just as, as the West emboldened Hitler. We are emboldening Iran, China, and Russia by our actions, by our divisions internally. They know they can play us. I mean, just 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 think about this, folks. We're listening to Heather and me talk right now. One of the things that Hamas did over the weekend is they tried to claim that Ukraine provided them the weapons to fight. It Actually, the Taliban provided a lot of American munitions. But Hamas knew they could provoke certain people in the West who are against helping Ukraine by saying, actually, Ukraine sold us the weapons. It's not true. It's now been debunked, um, but people are still circulating it. They want to divide us. Uh, they want to to prey on our pacifism and isolationist tendencies and our appeasement. And, and that's what we're getting, Heather. That, that's such a good point. Thanks so much for that. It is. It's it's foreseeable and it's predictable the way they're playing the game. Omega, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show.
0: Good afternoon. Hi there. The reason I'm calling is I have just been sick about what's going on. I think one of the problems is we have become complacent. I don't see it as a failure on the intelligence. I see Israel has become had become complacent. America has become complacent, and our fighting men today are not the fighting men of World War II. We don't have Churchill. Uh, Eisenhower, MacArthur, and um, Patton. We, we don't have people of that caliber. Right now, we're just like, oh, I'll just send some money. America, we'll send you money. Uh, just like uh, if there's a disaster and we send a donation. We do the same thing with uh, conflicts overseas. And we always figure that we are so big and we are so bad, but we are living on a reputation and other countries know that we're just living on that reputation. We're, mm-hmm. We we want to go to heaven, but we're not willing to die.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and the reputation was well earned, but at some point uh, the, the descendants of those who earned the reputation Thank continue you. to use it Thank and don't earn it. So Thank yes. you so much. Thank you so much it is i mean you you see this with with businesses too it's it's not just nations it businesses a a business a third generation family owned company is really likely to go out of business cuz the kids uh, don't appreciate the reputation their grandparents built with hard work we in this country don't appreciate the reputation around the world our grandparents built uh fighting for freedom dying on the beaches uh in germany and yeah i mean the the, the successors in office to our leaders who established our reputation as the leader of the free world want to cash in on it. They want to use it, but they don't know how to preserve that reputation. You got to, you got to care for the reputation. Um, A
0: a tree will grow, but you have to water it sometimes. And we don't, we're not willing to carry the water to water it anymore. We just want to,
1: you know, sit under the shade. We we want, we want the shade and the fruit, but we don't want to do what it takes to care for it, which sometimes (laughs) also requires pruning. Thank you, Omega. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. 877-973-7425. Nelson, you're going to be up next. Welcome to The Eric Erickson Show.
3: Hey, Eric. Uh, Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. I was just uh, listening to your, uh, uh, when you were talking about the uh, incompetence of the administration and also um, all the failures. I mean, at what point... Uh, at what point do, do we cross the line here of incompetence to uh, treason? I mean, because just the way I see it, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but the, the, you know, we're giving money to the enemy. Basically we're basically arming the, our enemies, even though, you know, they're attacking Israel, Israel's is a friend of the United States, but I just wanted to get your thought on that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So you're, you're welcome. Uh, and thank you, Nelson, for asking the question. I I, want to be diplomatic on this one because it's a political call. I personally think that the impeachment resolution of the House of Representatives should be amended to include malfeasance in office of willfully and knowingly funding the enemies of the United States. As far as the criminal charge of treason, that's a matter for federal prosecutors and the Biden administration's policy decisions, the president's policy decisions are political for the voters. The treason charge, you and I can think that, yeah, the, the man is, is treasonous in what he did. He He's provided aid and comfort to our enemies. And by the way, I don't think you can dispute that. But as a legal matter, it's very disputable because it's an the policy position of an elected president of the United States. And so the solution is not a charge of treason because he's not directly um, doing this. He's doing it by virtue of his policy positions as president. And that's difficult for people, I think, sometimes understand. But the reality is it's a political choice that this president made, a public policy position that he made. And the accountability regime for him, therefore, is impeachment, not a uh, federal prosecution for treason. It is just incredible to me though that not only did they do it but Democrats have been letting them do it and I, I I really do think that that a lot of it was the Democrats just didn't expect Hamas to engage at the level they engaged they, they're okay with them engaging but they just didn't expect that level of engagement consequently they were fine funding them and thought they could get away with funding them and that that's so much of the problem so much of what happened there's there's so much that was so predictable for so long in emboldening and funding our enemies by the way speaking of the biden administration is now telling Congress it wants to advance a multi-billion-dollar package for Israel. We've been giving them about three billion dollars a year to help them fund their um, their Iron Dome system, which is based on the Patriot missile battery, and for other things. We've been giving them about three billion dollars. Not in the grand scheme of our budget, a significant amount of money, but significant for Israel. The Biden administration wants a relief package. There's a problem. Anybody know what the problem is? We don't have a Speaker of the House. You can't advance legislation in the House without a Speaker of the House. We have a Speaker pro-tem. We don't actually have an approved, voted-upon Speaker. And without a voted-upon Speaker to preside over the House under the Constitution, the House of Representatives can't advance legislation. It will come as no surprise to you all that this morning, Kevin McCarthy made a very big pro-Israel speech. And it was a deep policy dive with deep criticisms of of this administration. Now, some of you are probably asking yourselves, I'm telling you what all happened today and I haven't played the audio for you. I, so I'm in Las Vegas at our affiliate here and I'm not set up with an audio jack, so I can't actually play the audio for you, I'm afraid. Um, so when I, I'll, I'll try to do a make good on Wednesday for some of the stuff if it's still relevant at the time. But Kevin McCarthy gave a big speech today. On Israel, on defense of Israel, on American foreign policy, the failures of the Biden administration and the failures of people to stand up to the Biden administration and for our allies. He is starting to signal he has most of the votes to come back to the speaker's chair rather quickly, except for those eight people who have been blocking him. It sounds like the leadership in the House of Representatives at the Republican level are trying to not let this crisis go to waste and pivot it to swing McCarthy back into the speaker's chair. The House of Representatives is literally prohibited from passing legislation under the American Constitution without a duly elected Speaker of the House of Representatives. And that's a problem. That's a real problem. So what are you going to do? We're going to have leadership elections, I guess, on Wednesday between Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan Neither of them seem to have the votes right now. A lot of the votes are leaning towards Jim Jordan, who'd be great. Um, I suspect that a lot of the voters, that the votes that have been silent are for Scalise. They don't want conservative wrath right now. But this is a a relevant issue that you've got to be mindful of, that the House of Representatives cannot enact legislation without a Speaker of the House. And Kevin McCarthy today is maneuvering to rapidly pivot back into the Speaker's chair to try to get funding for israel he's trying to use this crisis to get himself back into power and it just might work nancy mace and matt gates are out ridiculing he can only lose four people but if you have some of the democrats who recognize we got to fund israel this could be a very interesting uh situation that shape takes shape this week in the house of representatives in order to get funding to israel so you put You put McCarthy back in, essentially, you fund Israel, and then you boot him again. That's exactly what would happen. Uh, They wouldn't change the motion to vacate the chair. Never let a crisis go to waste. And this crisis wasn't foreseeable this week, uh, last week. So this, this gets to one of the things I say all the time, repetitively, events change things. Events always change things. And events have changed the dynamics of the Speaker of the House vacancy. Last week, no one predicted it wasn't on the horizon, war in Israel over the weekend for which the United States would need to assist with funding. No one predicted it. Kevin McCarthy was deposed as speaker. The chair is vacant. The House cannot act. They can only pass non-binding resolutions without a speaker. They can't actually appropriate funds without a speaker. And so now this situation, this situation, it's got everything up in air. John, you're gonna be the next caller on the Eric Erickson Show, welcome.
3: Eric, thank you so much. No matter where you are, you always have the best group of people around you to take care of the situation. Thank you for uh, everything you do. I have a quick question. January 17, 2017, in the last hours of Barack Hussein Obama's administration, he gave two hundred twenty one million U.S. tax dollars to Palestine or to the Palestinians. What did we receive profitably in return? What did that benefit <laughs> us?
1: Oh, John, progressives got oh, to sleep on. well at night <laughs> they, they, they got to sleep well at night knowing that they were doing something to help the poor Palestinians. I, I mean, that's what it was. It, it was a a feel good measure by the Obama administration, which deeply hates Israel uh, and wanted to undermine Israel with the funding of the Palestinians. I mean, the, the Obama administration was even more hostile to Israel than the Biden administration is, which is a pretty telling statement about how bad the situation was, that the Obama administration was willing to give that much funding to the Palestinians on their way out the door frankly probably hoping to destabilize the situation because remember Donald Trump said he wanted to move the embassy to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv and they figured by giving the money to the Palestinians that if Donald Trump did it there would be war Donald Trump would get the blame and Barack Obama would come off smelling like roses and it didn't happen didn't happen Thankfully, so much of what was predicted by the Democrats that would happen when Donald Trump was president in the Middle East never happened, and it's all come in true under Joe Biden's administration. Now, I want to predict something else for you, that you can save money by going to stamps.com. You click on the microphone, you put in Eric, you save money At Stamps.com, you can get over 80% off shipping rates with the post office and UPS with Stamps.com. You can even arrange pickup at your home or office, and you don't have to go stand in line. I use Stamps.com. I've been using it for a very long time. I used to print out postage with it, and now I send stuff all over the world. I've got a little printer and I just print off the label, I stick it on, I can skip the line, drop it off at my local uh, UPS store or the post office, or last week I actually arranged for pickup by UPS to my office, and I did it all through stamps.com. All you need is a computer, a mobile device, and a printer, and it works. And right now, you can go to stamps.com. Click on the microphone. Put Eric in. You get a free digital scale. You get free postage. You get four weeks to give it a try. You have no long term commitment. You have no contract to sign. It just works. It's so easy and convenient. If you know how to put an address in online, that's all you got to do. Stamps.com. You put in the address. It gives you the quickest or it gives you the the it gives you the quickest shipping or the cheapest shipping. You click the option you want. You print the label. You stick it on the package. You can arrange pickup at your home or office or just drop it off. It's so easy to use. You go to stamps.com, you click on the microphone, and you put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K, start saving today. We'll be right back. I want to give you two contrasts so you understand when people on the left are attacking Israel. I want you to understand these two contrasts. Israel provided cell service in text messages in Arabic and audio alerts to the people of Gaza telling them to evacuate certain areas that would be attacked and Hamas responded in kind saying don't believe the Jews they want human shields and now Hamas is saying for every Palestinian killed by the Israelis in the coming attacks They will publicly, live on television, kill one of the hostages. There are multiple American and European citizens who are being held hostage by Hamas. So when you hear Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan or Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib or anyone else on the left try to engage in moral equivalence I want you to remember Israel tried to tell the people of Gaza to evacuate and Hamas is telling the world we're going to start executing people live on television there is no moral equivalence there is good and there is evil and so much of the left has aligned with evil so much of the west has aligned with the evil that is Hamas Israel did not start this war they grasp and grapple for excuses so that they can blame Israel and never have to blame Hamas the excuses fall flat in the face of dead children whose faces have been blown off by Hamas so that their families cannot identify them and that
2: happened with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere